back to another episode of Nate Knows Ball. We've got a very, very special guest on this episode. The man, the myth, the legend, Dilesh. Dilesh, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, how's it going? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. We've got the draft coming up in a little over a week now. Haven't talked Bears football in a while, so I think no better place to get going. Um, first order of business, I think, obviously, the headliner of the offseason for the Bears uh, the number one pick, obviously, traded it to Carolina. DJ Moore, their first, future first, their second, future second. Pretty good haul, if you ask me, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on the trade. Yeah, so um, obviously, that's the top headline this this offseason for the Bears. Um, and we all kind of knew this was coming. Well, I shouldn't say that. I guess there was a, a group of people who who thought the Bears should have kept Justin Fields. Um, you know, there was that option that Poles had to, to get out of it. You know, you know, everyone always says Poles wasn't the guy that drafted Fields and that, you know, if Poles were to, were to drop Fields, this would be the offseason to do it. He did not. And, you know, now, now he has uh, basically adopted Fields as his guy and the success of Fields will tell the legacy of Ryan Poles and, we kept decided to keep fields. We've traded the number one pick and I think we got a great haul back for it. Um, you know, in my mind, I heard, I heard it came down to either DJ Moore or another future first um, when it was all said and done. And, and, the, and the Panthers wanted to give the pick the bears wanted the player. And, and I was really glad that polls stood his ground and that polls uh, kept uh, you know, his feet in the dirt and got the player, you know, because at a certain point, you know, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about Fields being, you know, going into year three and, you know, they're going to have to pay him soon or we're going to have to find another option if it doesn't work. And, and and sort of at a certain point, those future first round picks, future draft picks won't have the same impact that a guy like DJ Moore will have. Um, and and he does a lot of things great and, and he's really going to help elevate Justin's game. He's going to elevate the the wide receiver room as a whole. Uh, and what I'm very excited for, honestly, is to see, is to see Mooney and Claypool, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool back in the roles that I think fit them best. You know, Mooney is a number three, potentially number two guy. Um, he's the kind of guy that is going to really be ahead of, of ahead above of all the competition that he faces and and who who knows what happens with Chase Claypool? He um he showed a couple flashes, uh at uh throughout the season with the Bears. I know the Green Bay game, the first half against the Packers, he he looked really good. Um, I think it's too early to say that that trade was a failure, but there's definitely um a, a lot of work that he needs to do and a lot that he needs to prove to us Bear fans. So overall, it's a great trade. I'm really happy about it. I'm happy they got the deal done before free agency. I think if we waited a little closer to the draft, we'd be in a completely different situation and one that would have given us less of a return than having gotten that deal done way back in March. So proud of polls. That was, you know, his first like big move of his tenure. And, and I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I'm with you. I really like the trade. I mean, I think they got great value for the pick. And like you said, I think he kind of struck at the right time to kind of maintain that leverage with the pick. The thing, if you wait till free agency, teams fill in their spots with quarterbacks. The market gets smaller, and the smaller the market is, the less leverage the Bears had. Especially the people who knew the Bears wanted to trade out. I think that was pretty public. I mean, even though, like you said, there was some smoke saying, oh, they're going to keep it, trade Fields. I think the reality was Fields showed enough that 
pretty much any GM was going to take a gamble on Fields and trade the pick to get more value down the line. And I think yeah. that getting DJ Moore was really the cherry on top for me. So I think at the end of the day, like picks are great. Like you see this with all these rebuilding teams, like trade everything, get as many picks as you can. But at the end of the day, like you got a guy like Fields that you want to develop, like you need a proven commodity to help him out. And like you said, like I love Darnell Mooney and I love Chase Claypool. I can't say I love Chase Claypool, <laughs> but like you got to help the guy out. I mean, you, he's not going to develop without playmakers at the end of the day. And I feel like you've seen it with all these like recent kind of emerging quarterbacks. Like you get Josh Allen, he doesn't really break out until he gets Stefan Diggs, Joe Burrow gets Jamar Chase, Tua. I mean, even though he's probably not, he's not at that same level. He clearly took a step up when he they brought in Tyree Kill this last offseason. And, like, I'm not sure DJ Moore in the, isn't that, like, only upper echelon of receivers, but I think unquestionably he's a super underrated and, like, probably still top 15, 20 receiver in the league. And that's just something the Bears haven't had. And I think that'll go a big, big way in Fields' development. And he's still young, too. I mean, like, he, although, I mean, he's obviously he's, they're going to pay him, but, like, the timeline he has, he could still be there and still be performing at an elite level when Fields and the rest of the team is ready to go, which I think right. is the key think, thing. Yeah, I think um, I think what he's done, his production in Carolina with the quarterback that he's played with, has been you know unbelievable. You know, and I'm excited to see what happens in an offense you know led by Luke Getzey and and see what he can sort of draft up with Justin with Darnell Mooney I think Cole Komet is you know reaching an upper echelon there I I, it's an exciting time I and I've always been known to be an optimist but I think um I really like the move and I think you know I I I I agree I there was a debate take why not take the extra pick and then you know go after a guy like JSN in next week's draft um and, and again I think like you kind of touched on it, DJ is just a kind of a proven talent. He's gonna show up. He's gonna he's gonna put up good numbers, and he he's gonna be there. And he's gonna he's good rock and a sturdy rock for a guy like Justin Fields. What do you think about Claypool? I I, I don't know. I think he kind of obviously. I think like the initial reaction is oh, like we overpaid. Like we basically gave a, a first round pick with whatever with Miami not having there. It's the thirty second pick that we gave up. Right. So I think the initial reaction is like, oh, like we overpaid, like Chase Claypool's not a first round pick. But I don't know. I think Claypool, like throughout his career, is like he's shown a lot of flashes and he's never been able to like sustain the success. But I don't know. I think he's still young. So I'm not gonna like rule it out and say you can't feel a big piece for the Bears, but a lot of people aren't happy about it. Yeah, no, I know. And I think a lot of people have a lot of I mean, and you'd be you wouldn't be wrong to say that it was a a bad deal at this point, but I think there's a, there's a lot of time for chase to, um, I mean, he's got this year. It's a contract year. My issue with chase that I've noticed watching him play, I I feel like for some reason he he's not like, uh, he doesn't have the same energy, same kind of dog mentality that a bunch of other guys in the league have. And I feel, you know, he's got, obviously he's physically gifted and, and he he's shown that he can be a really good receiver. You know, he he's quoted saying, he believes he's a top three receiver in the league. Um, he's not not shy of confidence. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's got the confidence. I, I would like to see him. I'd like to see maybe maybe a guy like DJ Moore bring out that sort of dog mentality within him. Sort of, you know, wake up the beast inside of him because I feel like he 
he has it. As far as that trade goes, um, you know, right when it happened, I was actually pretty happy about it. I, I will say part of the reason why I was so happy about it, I saw that Green Bay really wanted to get him. I saw that they wanted to trade and, and help out Rodgers. And my main source of, you know, the, no, the, the reason I thought it was a success is because we got him and Green Bay didn't. Um, but, you know, once I actually watched him play, uh, obviously he didn't produce to the level that Bears fans wanted. But I do think there's a chance um, right now, obviously, that would put that, you know, in the negative column when you're weighing Ryan Poles' moves thus far. But I don't think it's set in stone. I think it, there's a chance it can move back over to the positives. Yeah, I mean, taking it from Green Bay is always a win. I think as a Bears fan, a lot of our recent success is just Green Bay losing. You can chalk that up as most of our wins in the last decade, honestly. But with Claypool, yeah, I mean, I think the jury's still out. Personally, like like you said, like in his career, like when he was younger, like I was not a fan of his. Like I remember, like, I forget what year it was, but you remember the play, like he caught a first down with like 30 seconds, 20, 30 seconds left in the game. Pittsburgh yeah. was out of timeouts and like he celebrates the first down and literally like takes 15 seconds off the clock and the game ends. That was, like, yeah, yeah. He's definitely made some mistakes, and I think he's shown he's immature. But like you said, like, if you surround him with guys like DJ Moore and Mooney and Fields, who I think is a good leader, like, the raw talent's there. So, like, give him a year to learn the, learn the system, learn the schemes the Bears run, and then you can reevaluate it. Like, obviously, yeah. it, it hasn't been a good start. But I think you can't fully say it was a bad trade until this next year. Right. I, I think he, with obviously bringing in DJ Moore, um, they brought back back um, Dante Pettis yesterday. Like, that's a crowded wide receiver room. Obviously, they have Valus Jones, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Sure. That um, one was a bad pick. I think we can confirm that one's. That one, I yeah, I agree. Out of those two moves, I would say Valus is a worse move than Chase um, at this point. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I hope, I hope Chase feels the fire. And Mike Tomlin's a great coach, and I think – Tomlin probably did a lot to motivate Chase, but, you know, when you see the guys next to you on the field and the guys in the room, you know, putting that work in, Mooney going on the field after a game to catch balls from the jug machine, like things like that, uh, I hope can, you know, flip a switch in Claypool's head and maybe something will happen. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I'm like semi-optimistic, but again, we'll we'll have to see. And I think, <laughs> I think it'll be a short leash. Like, I don't, like, I think if he doesn't perform, like, they're not going to be afraid to pull him out. But what do you think about the running back room? Obviously, David Montgomery, fan favorite, no longer a bear, signed with Detroit of all teams. Uh, pretty shallow room at the moment. I mean, Khalil Herbert's the default starter. How confident are you that Khalil Herbert can be the starting running back for the Bears? Yeah, I don't know. So, you know, the, the running back position obviously is, you know, kind of interesting these days in the NFL. It always has been, you know, is the right move to sign someone, draft someone early? Probably not. Draft someone later every four years and just cycle them in and out. Um, and that that last option is is kind of what I see the Bears doing. Uh, obviously, we love Monty. And it seems like he got a, a pretty team-friendly deal in Detroit. Yeah, so that was that, a surprise to me, too. Because, like, I thought had he signed, like, big money elsewhere, I would have been like, yeah, for sure. Like, don't re-sign him. But he didn't right. sign a huge deal. Not at all. I that you know you know I saw him sign with Detroit and I was like that sucks. And when when the details came out, that's when it really kind of hurt. And that's when I 
sort of asked, you know, what are we doing? However, with that, with that being said, I know Eberflus and kind of the Bears, um, Bears front office and coaching staff really values speed. And Montgomery was not a speed guy. He was great at, you know, standing up. The first guy, first contact never brought him down. However, he wasn't a huge speed guy. I know the Bears do rely on um the fullback, which isn't so popular in the in the uh, NFL, but they Vandy back, Legend uh, Carrie Blasting game. They 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 brought oh he went to Vandy, no way. Yeah. Didn't know that. Um, yeah, they brought him back this offseason. Hopefully he can help out with the pass blocking because obviously Monty is by far a better pass blocker than Khalil Herbert. They also brought on Dante Foreman this offseason. It was an interesting signing. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a running back late in the draft. Um, but no, I, I it was tough to see Monty go. And I have a feeling he's going to have some good success in Detroit. Um, whether he's not going to be putting up, uh, you know, huge seasons yardage wise, but I think he's going to be an asset for their offense. And you can just take the Jamal Williams one yard touchdown roll. Touchdown guy. He's going to be a touchdown guy for sure. Um, but yeah, good for the lions. They're scary. And, and I wish, I wish Monty was still on the team. I wish him the best other than those two weeks of the year. And maybe if we need the lions to lose down the stretch, but Khalil Herbert, I, I think he's a good player. I like a lot of what he does. I just, I don't think he's like a long-term option, but then again, I don't know if Poles is looking for a long-term running back option at this point. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I'm that confident in Khalil Herbert, but also I've always been of the, of the anti-running back camp. I'm like, that was why, I mean, that was the only reason this situation in particular had me kind of mixed. Cause like, usually I'm like, don't play your running backs. Like, I mean, like, obviously there's exceptions. Like, I think McCaffrey, Derek Henry, like, those are guys where, like, I could – I understand why you're paying the guy. But right. I don't think Montgomery – as much as I like the guy, like, I was a big fan of his. But, like, I didn't think he was anything that special that he was worth, like, giving a huge long-term deal or anything. So I'm fine with it. And I think Deontay Foreman and Kula Harbour will make a fine committee. Travis Homer, they signed too. He's – I think he'll be the third-round pass block type of guy. And, like, I like you said, I think they'll bring in someone from the draft at some point. And, like, I think that'll be sufficient enough to fill the spot. And I think, honestly, like, you don't see a lot of Super Bowl teams with a dominant running back. Like, I think committee is just the most sustainable way to do it. One, because <laughs> running backs get injured so easy. Like, if you're relying on one guy, it's just harder to replace them. And, two, it's just the guys are fresher if you're rotating guys in and out. I mean, even with McCaffrey, like I said, like, they had Elijah Mitchell too. And Mitchell was getting like 30% of the snaps. It wasn't like McCaffrey was a full on like workhorse like he had been previously too. But I think it'll be fine. Like it sucks that he's on yeah. Detroit, but also like I don't hate Detroit. It's not it's not as bad as if he went to like Green Bay or yeah. even Minnesota. Yeah. I agree. Detroit, I don't hate them. Not yet at least. Who knows what how good they get. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Detroit's yeah. been the, they've been like the fun frisky team in the last couple of years, you know. So there's no reason to like hate them. It's kind of like oh, like they're doing like you kind of thought they're gonna be the worst team in the league, and they've been like solid. So you're like kind of rooting for them. But yeah. now they're like, I think the division's gonna come to us or Detroit, at least yeah. the next two or three years. So like, can't say I'm probably not gonna be as big of a fan then. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I I will say, every season, including last season, you know. The, Going into last season, the Lions got a lot of 
got a lot of love, but I I was always kind of calling the bluff saying I didn't really buy the Detroit hype. But I think this offseason for the first time in my life, I'm I'm buying into this Detroit hype and I think they're they're legit. We'll see. Yeah, I mean they're really good. I mean, this I really like the CJ Garden Johnson signing. Great play. Yeah, great signing. Like they're just filling I, in the holes. And also back to the running game for the Bears, like they're also we have Justin, you know, that's that's a huge part of the running game. Don't call um, him a running back. That's I, I that's a, yeah. Yeah, I can't call him a running back. I would never. Um the other day I watched a YouTube video, 20 minutes of his, all of his, you know, best throws of the past season. He he can sling it, he can put it in the right spot. I'm a huge Justin guy, but when it comes to the running game, like you don't necessarily need, you know, a, a big name running back. You know, earlier in this offseason when the Bears were linked to Saquon, I, there was a period of time when we were the betting favorites to land Saquon. I was I really was hoping we wouldn't get him and, and I was glad that ended up being the case because I don't think we need a guy like that. I don't think we need to spend money like that when we have Justin, you know, running the offense. Yeah, I mean, I think like in theory, like on paper, it sounds awesome. You're like Saquon and Justin Fields, like that's sick, right. like, that's awesome. But like in my opinion, like it's unnecessary and like there's no reason to spend that money there when like although like it looks better on paper saying yeah you have Saquon Barkley as a running back, like I just don't think. The wear and tear in his body is worth like, I mean, you don't know how many more good years he has at that only level with anyways. So it's like, to me, it's not worth a long-term investment to bring in a guy like that when it's not necessary in the first place. Right, right. I think uh, another thing kind of related to Saquon that Poles really impressed me with this past offseason is, you know, everyone knew the Bears were, or had the most money to spend going in. But despite that, he still showed... I whistled there by accident. <laughs> when I say SH word, sometimes I whistle. Um, post yeah. polls showed a lot of like, you know, you know, he wasn't quick to spend. He showed a lot of maturity, despite the fact that they had the most money in the league. I saw a funny tweet uh, in the first couple of days of free agency that said, "If if Ryan Pace was still running the Bears, we'd be we'd be broke by now." Like every time Ryan Pace had the chance to spend, he spent. I think. Polls taking this, you know, long-term view was a really a sign of a, a mature general manager, and it was something that I really like to see for someone who's only in year two, you know, just starting year two of of being a GM in this league. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think a lot of the, the signings polls made were a lot of like front-loaded contracts too, which I think mm-hmm. is honestly when you have that much cap space, like I think that's unless like I mean there comes a time when you're just ready to go all in, so you just sign everyone. But the Bears are just not at that stage yet. And I think his approach was very methodical in that, like, he signed a couple of guys that he really liked in long-term deals. But for the majority, it was pretty much front-loaded deals that were the money was all in year one, year two. And they'll have the long-term flexibility to kind of make adjustments down the line to see what fits and who develops and whatnot. And I think that's kind of the approach. I mean, the Bears, I think, ideally, they are looking to contend as soon as next season. But this right. season, I think, is still, I mean, you hope they're kind of the overachieving team, but at the end of the day, next year, you're really just expecting developing, really seeing Fields kind of take that next step. And I think if he does take that next step, you could see them be in that wild card type of conversation. But, like, you're not you're not looking to win a Super Bowl next year, realistically. So it doesn't right. make any sense to just spend all the money and then just hope it works out, like you see a lot of teams do. I agree, 100%. Yeah. 
And then what else? Other big signings were Nate Davis on the O-line. Really the only big O-line signing, which was, honestly, I was sort of surprised. I mean, I know we were praising him for his kind of slow approach, but I thought I thought if we were going to spend, it was going to be in the O-line. And honestly, I'm not unhappy that we didn't, just because I, I don't think any of the tackles were, like, particularly, like, studs or anything. Like, mm-hmm. I think you almost had to overpay to get Orlando Brown or some of the other guys that were in this class. But we don't really have tackles at the moment, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, still the draft. And I'm sure whether that's our first pick or second round, third round, whatever it is, we'll draft tackles. Like, there will, the positions are going to get filled in. But were you surprised to see Nate Davis really be the only, like, notable line signing? Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good segue from what we were just talking about. I, I felt the same way in those first couple of days of free agency, sort of just sitting around, scrolling on Twitter, trying to, you know, I was just waiting for that, I don't know, that that signing update that the Bears got brought in a tackle because right now we don't have anyone. I, I like the Nate Davis signing. I'm a fan. You know, any any kind of veteran presence in that line will be good. Um, as far as the tackles go, it, it's a mess. I mean – I, I like Braxton Jones personally. I think yeah, I, mean, I think not, he was solid last year. Right. I'm not. I, I'm. I, I forget where I read this. Some website did a a um a redraft of last year's draft, and they actually put Braxton Jones as a first round pick, which was like um honestly that that I didn't I didn't feel that way. I think he was a great player. We got him in the fifth round, which I think was a couple rounds later than he should have gone. But grading him as a first round pick a year later is. It's pretty cool to me. I, I have I'm optimistic about Braxton. Uh, as far as the other tackle goes, we know like Tevin played in in college, and we can maybe sling him out back there. But you know, Tevin's I mean, I think been, he's been better at guard. So right, exactly. Te- he's a better guard. The center right now is is what Lucas Patrick still, but yeah, I think he might get cut. I think Cody Whitehair might get cut. Um, yeah, it, it's to me like you know right after free agency. When everything, when the dust settled and we were, were ready to focus on ninth overall, it seemed to me like they were going to go tackle um, in that, at that slot. And I really hope they do. If they don't, um, you know, I trust polls. And I, I think maybe they trade back into the first round with all those second round picks, or maybe they just wait till day two to grab a, some offensive line help. But I, I personally think they should go tackle at nine. Yeah, I mean, we can get into the nine pick a little later, but I agree. I mean, I think, obviously, it's like we said, like, you're not going to – you can't do everything in one offseason, especially, like, the state of the Bears. I mean, obviously, they finished last in the NFL. Like, you got a lot of holes if you finished last in the NFL. And I think at the end of the day, if you're trying to approach everything in one offseason, like, there's no way to do that without just, like, grossly overpaying for people because, like, you just can't get that many people without – overpaying them i mean you know i mean chicago's a great city i think people do want to play for the bears but you're not just going to get people to the whole free agency class to buy in and be like yeah the bears are going to be contenders next year let's all come play there you know so i think it's a slow approach and i I trust polls as of now no reason (laughs) not to trust him i think yeah like Edmonds, edwards and davis it's pretty good to me add dj Moore on top of that and the veterans we're bringing in are, are pretty strong you think uh, Edmonds and Edwards are sufficient enough to replace Roquan? I feel like that's kind of in the comparison. I mean, yeah. I think that their total money is roughly about what Roquan's making in Baltimore. Yeah, I actually do like talking about this. I think, I think Edwards and Edmonds combined are about 
five more, five million more, um, something like that. But it's, you know, at that point, it's basically the same. Um, I actually heard something that it, it was interesting to me, and I think I think Coach Eberflus had a, a big part in bringing Edwards in and Edmonds and and not bringing back Roquan. Uh, the way it was described to me is that Edmonds and Edwards are just like are 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 Eberflus people. Like they play the game he wants the he, they play the game the way he wants the game to be played. And I think I think polls you know went to Flus and said, All right, here's here are our options. We can re-sign Roquan or we can hopefully get these guys this offseason. Um, and and I think Flus has just always been more of a fan of Edmonds and Edwards. I think Roquan's a great player. I think. He's going to do great things. He made his first Pro Bowl finally. I can't believe it took this long. Um, not Pro Bowl, sorry, all pro. Um, uh, but I I do like the combination of Edmonds and Edwards. On top of that, the Bears also stressed the importance of bringing in a bunch of guys who are homegrown kids like uh, like Edwards and like Robert Tanyan, who is a tight end. Tanyan's an underrated signing. Tunyon's underrated. I, I agree with you. I, I'm actually a big fan of his. I think it's better than it, it definitely boosts the tight end room better than what we had last year. Um, oh, yeah. And, I mean, before it was Kamadin, nothing essentially. Yeah, Kamadin, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't even know. I forget sometimes. It used to be Jimmy yeah. Graham. Jimmy Graham. That was a nightmare. Pittsburgh for a little bit. Who's the guy that from Pittsburgh? I don't even know, honestly. I forget, whatever. Um, it wasn't good. No, was never good. Komet, Komet played well, and I think Tanya will do do a lot of good things for the offense. And, yeah, I mean, overall, back to the Roquan thing, Edmonds and Edwards, I like to have two more than one. I think I remember way back, you know, four or five years ago, I really wanted the Bears to draft Edmonds. I, I, I thought he was, like, one of the better players coming out from Clemson, and I'm really glad we got him. Edwards, he's a Badger. Can't go wrong with Badger linebackers. Sanborn, um, too. Double Badgers. Sanborn. Sanborn, Edwards, and Edmonds. It's unclear who's going to play in the mic and the will, but I think those guys fit what Ibrufus is trying to do. I I mean, I'm that's just me taking a guess, a guess taking a stab at it. But I think those guys are are, are fitting the mold of the Ibrufus defense, which is exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I think, obviously, like, Roquan was great. Like, he was super good when he was on the Bears and the like you said, you still probably will continue to still be super good. And I just think that was never like what it was about. Like it was never like doubting Roquan's talent. And like, but like you said, I think Eberflus and Poles pick guys that they know work for the scheme that the Bears are running. And I think honestly, like it's similar to running back for me, where it's like this isn't like a premium position. So I think you're almost better off kind of taking the sort of committee approach and like getting multiple guys that you know can do well. And that's, not, I mean, that's discrediting Edmonds because, I mean, Edmonds is like a fitter and elite linebacker too. I mean, obviously he's not Roquan, I guess. I don't even know. I mean, like by like some advanced metrics, like PFF and stuff, he rated higher than Roquan and like a lot of things. But mm-hmm. regardless, he's not like, he's not talked about in that like upper echelon of like elite linebackers with like Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, those guys like Roquan is. But I think he's not that far off. And I just think taking that kind of committee approach is just, more sustainable when it's not like a premium position and like you need like a star like I think edge rusher although like I think having depth helps is like you saw by the Eagles they had the deepest D line in the league and that's the reason why they were so good but I think 
if you're paying star money, you'd rather do that on your edge rushers, on your corners, and you'd vote on your middle linebackers. I agree. Yeah. No, I, I, I that was another it was a good move by Poles. It was tough. He was not. He was still a young GM at the time at the beginning of the season. He was trying to navigate a sticky situation where Roquan requested a trade. Roquan represented himself. Um, and, and it was tough to navigate for polls, but again, I think that's just a good experience that he had early on in his tenure that'll only help him down the line. And yeah, it was a good move overall. We look back on that, it's tough to see Roquan go, but we got the pick. We got two guys who can play, two guys who can really ball. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be good, good stuff in the linebacking core. Yeah, I mean, I'm so far. I'm I can't I'm can't, can't complain about the offseason. I'm happy with how it's gone, and obviously the draft's a big part of it. So we'll see how that goes. But we can mm-hmm. get into the draft now. Obviously, after the trade, we're sitting at number nine. A lot of rumors around the pick. Uh, they're saying we may trade down even further now, but we'll see. So I'm just curious, what's kind of assuming we stay at nine, we can get into trading down later. But assuming we're staying at nine, who do you want the Bears to take and who do you expect them to take? Yeah, um, I kind of touched on this a little earlier. Uh, if we're staying at nine, I, I, I do I do want to tackle, an offensive tackle. Um, the two guys that come to my mind right away are um, Paris and, and Peter Skaronsky. Uh, I, I, I understand. I, honestly, if, if I had to pick one of them, I would go with Paris. Um, not the I Northwestern think, Wildcat? Yeah, you know, I'm not the Northwestern Wildcat, Skaronsky. I've met Peter Skaronsky. I've, I've been I've been out there. I've shook his hand. He's a really nice guy, and, and I think he'd be really good for the Bears. But I, I feel like I'm a little biased. Where, I mean, he, he was a beast in college. I mean, he, he was a really, truly an animal coming in as a tr- true freshman. He served this team well. A lot of success with Peter, um, and he's a really, really nice guy. I do love him, but um, I don't know. I feel like this talk about his length has is, is gotten to my head a little bit, and I'm a little worried that he he may not pan out as a tackle. We may slide him over to a guard, um, which, you know, if we do end up taking Peter and he's not a tackle and he turns out he's a guard, like there's no shame in drafting an all-pro guard because I think at the least he'll be an all-pro guard. Um, but, it, you know, if we take Peter, I'll be happy. But I think Paris is more sound at the tackle position, more trustworthy. Um, and I also think the Bears will take him over Peter if it comes down to it. And to me, I think that'll only be the case if Carter's gone. I think Jalen Carter is very interesting topic right now. Um, I've gone back and forth on whether I like Carter or not every other day. I, I really – I don't know. At this point today, I'm – I think I'm in right now, but I could change tomorrow. I like Carter. I think if Poles wants to take him, then he should go ahead and take him. There are some concerns, obviously, off the field. Um, and on the field, he's a stud. And if he falls to the Bears at nine, I feel like you get the guy you would have taken all the way at one potentially, and you get him at nine plus the haul you got from Carolina. Like then, then that's just. That's something to be excited about. The off-the-field issues scare me. I think I heard this on the radio. The the lack of veteran leaders in the Bears locker room, especially on the defensive side, is a little scary to for for to bring in a guy like Carter. Um, 
I mean, Roquan obviously would have been that great voice. I think something about Eddie Jackson being around for five years and not really being a captain of this team. He was a captain, but that was only once Quinn, Robert Quinn and Roquan left. So Eddie sort of came in as like the third string, fourth string captain. I don't think he is the best leader of the defense. <coughs> that being said, I heard that before this offseason. And, and Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, he was a captain of a of the Bills, or one of the best defenses in the league. Edwards is, is a leader. I think they do have some leadership presence in the locker room and some guys that can take a guy, a guy like Jalen Carter under their wings. Um, but it is interesting, especially on the D-line. There are no you know, veteran dudes who will be there helping him through his rookie year in the NFL. At least no one that notable as a leader. But Carter could be interesting, and if he's there and the Bears take him, I wouldn't be upset. But I, I would prefer we go tackle. Yeah, I, I'm kind of – I think it's tackle or D-line for sure. But I'm kind of – I'm all in on Carter if he's there. I think the talent's too much if he's at – I mean, if he's there at number nine – I think talent-wise, he's almost unquestionably the most talented player in the draft. And, yeah, I mean, you have the off-the-field concerns, but to be honest, like, none of the stories have been, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't say I know the full story because I'm, I'm not him. I'm not around him. But none of the stories have been, like, overly concerning. I mean, obviously, the whatever, the car accident thing was, like, weird, but it, it kind of just felt... I don't know. I mean, either the, either something's like totally missing, or it's just like a weird misunderstanding type thing. Where honestly, like no one really knows. So like, I'm not that stressed about that. And then the workout thing was honestly a little more concerning, just because you're like, oh, like he's kind of like could have a bad attitude, like whatever. But I feel like I don't know. It just felt like usual, like kind of draft smoke sort of stuff, rather than like real like long term issues. And like I don't know. I can't say like I'm an expert at this, but like to me, it just feels more like random draft day smoke that you see every year. And I think if he does fall to the Bears, you have to take him. But I honestly, I don't expect him to fall down to the number nine pick. Yeah. I think I, I would be surprised if he was outside of the top five or six. Yeah, I think as we get closer, um, teams are also getting more and more interested in him. I feel like there was a period of time where it seemed like he would drop. And and now he's sort of rising back up in the boards. And, and the Bears have done their homework on him, I'll tell you that. I think the Bears really like Carter. They've brought him in now t- for two visits, which they haven't done with many other prospects. Um, I, I could just see that front office kind of, you know, liking Carter. I think he, I mean, who doesn't? He's a beast. Um, and if he's there, yeah. And I think if he's there and we take him, I, I would not be upset. Uh, another thing, I think, uh, going back to what I said, like Paris Johnson, in my mind, might be like the safest pick. Um, and, and I could just change my mind while I'm on the air. I don't know if the Bears are in a position where they need to go with the safest guy. Because, you know, like you said, they're not contending for a Super Bowl this year. They're they're a couple, I mean, a, a year away, maybe two, of really like really going for it all. So why not draft, you know, a wild card kind of guy who's who's got – some of the best skill out of every prospect in the in the league um, and see what happens, see if he pans out. If it doesn't work, we got two firsts next year. We have capital to build. Like, why not take a chance on a guy who was one of the best D linemen in the nation in the college game at Georgia and the best defense in the country? Um, yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think you're totally right about I mean, I think 
he's definitely going off draft boards. I mean, I think honestly, like the incidents happen like too early on in the process to I think for him to drop. Because I feel like you have you have the stories come out like day before, day a couple days before the draft, and like it's a panic because like no one can figure out in time. But I think, like you said, the Bears have brought him in for two visits. Like obviously he's visited with a lot of other teams. Like teams have been able to do their due diligence and like determining how they feel about him. And I would be surprised if there's not a team that picks before the Bears that feels doesn't feel comfortable enough to take him. But then with the the tackle, uh, Paris or Skaronsky, I actually disagree with you. I think Skaronsky is the safest pick. I mean, when you're just talking about bringing in like a pure talent and you know someone that'll be a good NFL player, when you said it yourself, I mean, maybe he's not a tackle and he's a guard, but he's almost a surefire in that, like, I guess in that area of the draft that you feel good about panning out and being a good NFL player. And I think Paris Johnson's probably the, the safest amongst, like, the pure tackles. But you never know. I mean, I think I, I like Paris, too. I think there's a good chance. I mean, he's got all the physical tools to be an incredible tackle. But he doesn't have the same tape as Skronsky. So, I mean, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't mind either of the pick. Like, like you said, I think they both, between them and Carter, if, if it's any of those three guys, I'd be thrilled with them. And beyond that, that's when it gets a little questionable for me. Um, I've seen a couple, couple Bijan rumors, seen a couple receiver rumors, which, and then even I've seen a couple of corners. I've seen the Witherspoon at Illinois and Christian Gonzalez at Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, you know, obviously the idea of JSN, Justin Fields and, and, and what that would do for the offense is like, is like so fun to think about and dream about. And I think it'd be fun if it was like a fantasy football team. But uh, this is the NFL, and Bears have a lot of holes. And it's crazy to say it, but right now, I don't think receiver is one of those top needs, which that's what DJ Moore does to a team. Um, again, Bijan, like, he's really good. He's he's going to be a good player in the league, I think. But, again, I don't see polls going after a running back. I think he would have, you know, given uh, you know Montgomery a little bit of the money. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting – the the cornerback spot's interesting because I could see I, I actually could see them going corner just because you know Poles has kind of been unpredictable in the draft last year. We all thought, at least personally speaking, I thought he was going receiver and in the second round and he we had two yeah. picks in the second round and he went secondary, secondary. Um uh, which yeah, with those two. And so I who knows? I think like guy getting a guy like Witherspoon um would really like solidify that secondary would be one of the better secondaries in, in the league in the NFC at least. Um, and that would be cool and exciting. However, I, I really do hope they go Carter if he's there or, you know, one of the tackles. Yeah. I mean, I think polls could surprise us. I mean, he's done it before, like you said, but for me, like corner, I wouldn't mind. If, I mean, I don't think it's, I'd rather go D line or O tackle just because I feel like, but corner two, I mean, those are all positions where you just need depth. So I don't, I don't think there's ever like a bad, never a bad time to take any of those positions. You know, like you could always use more. Bijan, I would not like. That's like the one pick, I would just be not excited about. And although I think he's obviously like, really good at football, like you know, probably be great pretty much wherever he goes. It's just not worth spending a top ten pick on him. 
And even if we trade down, I wouldn't love it unless, like, really any of our guys weren't there. But JSN, JSN also, I agree. Like, we don't need a receiver. But at least I would get I could get excited about JSN. Like, I think it'd be fun. Like, and not that Bijan wouldn't be fun. I just don't. It's just not not for me. Not how I approach building my football team. And yeah, no. JSN, yeah. at least, like, you could see, like, I mean, like, obviously you have Claypool and Mooney, too, but. I think unquestionably he's more talented than those two guys. Yes. And if you're, it depends. I mean, if they're saying like, we don't like, we're kind of like over Claypool, like we're not going to pay him next off season. Like, I don't think it would be the worst thing to get JSN on a rookie deal. Um. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know. You a little like back to the trade down kind of idea, you know, right when polls uh, had the presser fresh out of the, the deal with Carolina, he said, I mean, there were three guys who they rated as blue-rated players, which are, for him at least, guys he would take. They'd be happy to get in the first round, um, especially in the top 10 of the first round. And and I think they're going to get one of those guys. So I, I could see the Bears in a situation trading back a few picks, not all the way to where Pittsburgh's sitting, but a few picks. Um but I, I, I could see that happening, but I don't think they're going to trade back that far because uh, I do think they really want one of those top guys. At a certain point, they're going to need to start picking players. You know, they've, they've acquired picks. They've signed some guys with some cap space, but at a certain point, they're going to need to start picking some players. They have four picks in the top 64. Um, I, I don't like that stat. I, I just I, People always say we have four picks in the top 64, but we have nine, and then we have 61, 62, and 64. Or something yeah. like that. Or not, not 61. I forget. We have like 50 something. Yeah, like 57, 62, 64. I don't know. Uh, and then everyone's like, we have, which I get, yeah, we, have, we, have, we have 9, 53, 61, and 64. Um, with 53 and 61 coming from Baltimore and Carolina. I think like we do have three, we do have four picks in the top 64. And, and that's essentially three of those are second round picks late second round picks, uh, which is exciting. And I think there's a lot of value we can get in, in that late second round. Like just look at these guys we got like like Quan Brisker is, is, a, is a beast. And I'm excited to see what happens with him next year. Um, I think there's a lot of talent in the second round for us to go after. But um, I think they really want to get some sort of stud or some some sort of difference maker with that ninth overall. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think... Bulls has proven time and time. Any options pretty much on the table. And the rumors yeah. are he wants to trade down. But again, like, I don't, I mean, they're definitely not going to make another trade prior to the draft. I would be shocked if that happened. So I feel like, like you said, like, if his guys are there, he's going to roll with it. But like, if the top guys are really gone, like, I would, I could see them trading down and going for one of the other tackles, like Darnell Wright, Roderick Jones, maybe one of the corners falls. Luke Van Ness, like one of those like lower tier edge rushers, not lower tier, but not like the Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson type tier, you know? Yeah. And I think he's proven that I'll let the board come to him, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they're like you both said, they, there's a lot of needs. So there's, there's not a lot of plays you can really mess to pick up that badly. So mm-hmm. should be interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Next yeah. segment here. And put our GM caps on here. Do a little mock draft. We'll just do the top ten. Keep it simple, and we can switch. We can switch off who's picking. So if you want the if you want the one one, it's yours. 
You got it. You got it. I'm going to need some time. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you prep a little. I'll I take mean, the yeah, one. I'll let you pick for the Bears, too, because I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm a number one, I'm Carolina. I mean, this is who I believe they're going to take. And this is take the pick from your perspective, too. Don't take it. Like, if you're the GM, let's take who you're going to okay. take. Gotcha. But I'm with Carolina, at least what people think Carolina is doing. I'm taking Bryce Young, number one. I think obviously you have the immediate flaws. He's a little undersized, not even a little. He's pretty fairly undersized at 5'10, like 200 pounds. But I just think the tape's incredible. I mean, in my opinion, Stroud probably has the safest, I guess, just like overall from like size and like tape and ability. <laughs> Excuse me. But Bryce Young's just been phenomenal from his whole college career. And I think he passes the eye test more than anyone. And I just, I don't know. You could say he's undersized. You could say he's whatever, but I just think I have a hard time picturing him not being a good NFL pro. And I think he's the safest bet to restart that franchise and get them going in the right direction. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Carolina has their pick. That's why they trade it up. They can choose whatever they want. Um, And I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to Carolina this season yeah, and yeah if they go, I hope they, they suck. I mean, I hope they suck. I hope Bryce uh and that in this in this alternate reality, I hope Bryce sucks. No, but I do think Bryce is a beast. He was just a winner in college. And and I mean, you can't, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, he's kind of been slated in as like the number one guy in this class for for a, a while now. Him him and Stroud have been neck and neck, but you know, it's it's a solid pick. And I think number two, the Houston. I think they're gonna go quarterback. I think it's, I think it's gonna be Stroud. You know, there's been talk. I would, I would also go Stroud if I were them. Um, there's been talk that they don't love any of them, and that they might just, you know, say, you know, add Will Anderson and call it a night, or not a night, but a pick. Uh, but I, I think they, they should go quarterback. I think Stroud is, is, is like again, just like a, a baller, a game changer. I think. You know, he's he's obviously worked with some really special receiving cores at Ohio State, but you know, even at the pro day and throughout the entire process, he he's just he seems like he he's a pro to me. I don't know. He seems like he's he's got what it takes to be a quarterback in this league. I like Stroud. He has a good relationship with Fields. Hopefully, I'm a, they can start to change the narrative for Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I think the Texans go with Stroud there. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it'll be Young and Stroud one and two. I would be very surprised to see any other scenario. And obviously, you see all the rumors, whatever. Maybe Houston doesn't go quarterback. Maybe they have to go Anderson or Carter or whatever. But at the end of the day, they really need a quarterback. And it's just so hard. I mean, not hard. I guess it's easy to suck. But you're just, you don't find yourself on the top of the draft every year. At least that's not your plan to do so. So I think when you're in a position to draft a quarterback that you feel could be a franchise guy, you do it. And I think that's the reality. And I think I expect it to go young Stroud. It it could flip, but I think young's probably the safer pick in most people's eyes. So I think it'll go young than Stroud. Right. So number three, uh, Arizona on the board, honestly, a team, I think a lot of people were surprised to see do this poorly and they're kind of in a spiral. Um, Tough place to be in, obviously. I mean, you got Kyler finally signed after the disaster last offseason, but got a lot of players wanting out. Diahop wants out. Buda Baker wants out. Uh, they just fired their coach, Kingsbury. 
their new coach, I believe they have Steichen, right? Steichen's the guy in Arizona. Yeah, Steichen. Steichen, yeah. Yeah, and the guy seems like a weirdo. You see the video of him talking to Rondell Moore. <laughs> when he got to the facility for the first yeah, time. Yeah, like, shots, yeah. shots. That was, like, yeah, that was an interesting. You know, first impressions are pretty big. He, he, uh, he nailed that one. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to say it's, it's, he's in trouble, but, like, I'm not feeling that good about him. Yeah. Like, Sorry, look, is it Gannon, right? Jonathan Gannon. 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 Yeah, Steichen's yeah. Andy. Steichen's Andy. Yeah, they're both the, they're both the Philly coordinators, so it's confusing. Right. Yeah, I know what you meant. Gannon. He's he is a weirdo, Gannon. Yeah, but whatever. Regardless, if I'm Arizona, this is my ideal scenario. I'm trading the pick down. I'm not going to go over the whole details because it yeah. seems like a little excessive. But I'm trying to trade. Probably, I think you're, I mean, you honestly have a decent amount of options. I think you could look to, obviously, Indy, if they really want Levis or Richardson, jump one pick, get their choice. I think Seattle's a team you could see trade up. Detroit, even, if they want to get someone else from golf. Uh, and then, really, Vegas could trade up. I mean, they need a quarterback. Uh, I mean, obviously, they got Garoppolo, so they don't need one, but... Garoppolo's mm-hmm. not a long-term solution. Uh, Atlanta could trade up. Uh, and, the, I mean, the Bears are good at nine. Eagles don't need a quarterback, obviously. But then Tennessee could trade up. And really, right. I could see them trading to any of those picks. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you, you really go down further. I mean, New England, uh, Washington. Like, there's a lot of teams that... I mean, Tampa even. Like, there's a lot of teams that could jump. I think you probably don't want to go further than 11 with the Tennessee Titans. It's mm-hmm. just because, like, obviously you need, you need a lot of holes, but at the end of the day, you still want one of the premium players. But in my eyes, I think the trade that makes the most sense, and at least is the most interesting to me, I think they trade down to number five with Seattle. I think Seattle, although they just gave Geno Smith a contract, I think they go, they select probably the most talented player in the draft, but the most raw. Give him time to work under Pete Carroll. Give me Anthony Richardson at number three. I think Seattle go. is the perfect place for him. I think he's got all the tools to be a great quarterback, obviously. I mean, like, pretty much unquestionably the most athletic quarterback ever. Mm-hmm. But I think it definitely will take the right situation for him to have success at the NFL level. And I think. Seattle's a great place to do so. I mean, obviously they had Russell Wilson developed him, and obviously not a not the same athlete as Richardson, but another mobile athletic quarterback. Geno Smith, another fairly mobile athletic quarterback, and Carroll's proven to be a great coach. They have a good, pretty good roster. I mean, I snuck into the playoffs after no one thought they would do so, and I think Richardson could succeed there. And I think obviously he's not going to be in a position to rush to play him right away whether that's one year, even two years of Geno Smith, like at least one and a half, you know, like, I think that's just the, I think that's the perfect home for him to find success. And I think Arizona then still stays in the top five and is in a position to draft an only level player. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's a good, that's a good move for Arizona. I obviously Will Anderson's like intriguing and he he's a baller and a beast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Anthony Richardson's interesting. I liked when he was getting some hype with the Panthers just cause he is raw and, and he, and we do have their pick next year. 
So yeah, it, I wanted him to be a Panther. I think no, that would be for great us. for the Bears. That'd be great for the Bears just because it would take him some time to, uh, yeah, it would take some time for for him to really become you know, mold into his own, become a a player in this league. So that would be cool. I think I think pairing him in Seattle with Gino is a good move for Seattle as they start to build for the future a little bit. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I guess number four, the Colts are up on the clock. You know, and there there is a lot of talk about you know the Colts fans are, you know they're 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 unhappy. They've had just old guy after old guy coming through as pocket passers. Disappointing the team not being able to really rise to the occasion or ignite any any second half of a career there in Indianapolis. So you got to think they go quarterback here. Um, and after those first three, it's it's Will Levis who's still there on the board. Um, so I think the Colts will be selecting Will Levis fourth overall out of Kentucky. You know, again, he, he's, he's a big guy. He's got a big arm. He, um, and he, he definitely can sling it. He had a lot of success in Kentucky. I think Colts fans are, are, you know, ready for a young kid for the first time. And what seems like, you know, ever since, since they brought luck in, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So, I think they go Will Levis, um, which, you know, Colts fans were really upset when Bears made the trade and the Panthers hopped all the way up there because this was honestly their biggest nightmare. Missing out on first missing out on Stroud and and Bryce Young and 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 then now also missing out on Richardson and having the last pick of the top four quarterbacks. But I think regardless, it's time for them to 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 bring in a young guy at quarterback. And hopefully Will Levis is that guy for Indianapolis. Um, I think they they deserve some good quarterback play after what they've had to endure the past couple of years. Yeah, 100%. I mean, whether they think Levis is their best bet at quarterback or not, I think they're going to take him if he's the only quarterback left. I just think the fan base and ownership has just gone, struck out so many times with quarterbacks the last few years that they almost have to take one. I mean, maybe it's not the most long-term success move just because I feel like Honestly, like, they haven't really – I mean, they're not really in a position where they're going to compete next year. I mean, I feel like they sort of missed their window the last couple of years, and they still have some good pieces. But I think – I expect them to go Levis, and I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. But I don't know. Levis, I think, could be good. I mean, when I saw him play – I mean, I saw Richardson play too last year. They both played Vanderbilt last season. And I was yeah. unimpressed with Levis, but also – Kentucky is not like a great team and he elevated them to be very good over the last few years. So, I mean, he's got all the tools in the world too. I mean, the biggest arm in the draft. So he could be good. I just don't, I don't feel as confident about him as I do with other guys, but also he could very well be better than Richardson too. Shout out, uh, shout out Tumblr J, J Adams out of the University of Kentucky. Only Kentucky um, Wildcat, man. I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it. All this is going on the podcast. Jay's, Jay's uh, friends with Will. I think him and, and Levis are buddies, actually. I think there's a connection there. I'd have to that ask could, Jay. That could go a long way for his NFL success. So. It could go a long way. Catch catch Tumblr Jay in Indianapolis in 2023. <laughs> wow. That'll be special. <laughs> but let me get to the fifth pick real quick. I think this is an easy pick. In this world, Arizona's traded down to five. Draft win how they hoped. All four quarterbacks went off the top four picks. They get to pick of the rest of the draft. 
They make the easy safe pick. They take Will Anderson. I think in this scenario, you almost have to take him. I would be surprised if there was any other scenario. Yeah. No. I that If this happened for Arizona, that would just be a perfect night for them. I mean, trading back to five and, and picking probably the most talented player in the draft, I think, Will Anderson. And that would be... That would be special for Arizona. That'd be a night you get excited about if you're a Cardinals fan. Um, and then I guess I'll go to six. Lions are on the board at six. And this, so this is, where, is where it gets interesting. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. Um, you got the four quarterbacks gone. You have Will Anderson gone. I think they go Carter here. I think they go Jalen Carter at six if he's there. Detroit, honestly, look at them now. They're just like a few pieces away. I mean, J- I mean the Detroit Lions have a really good team. Jalen Carter paired with um with Dan Campbell is going to be special. I think, you know, after all the noise, all the smoke from the past couple of months, we still get Anderson, then Carter, one, two. I mean, not one, two, but five, six after the four quarterbacks are gone. Um, I mean, we talked about it a little earlier. He's a beast. He brings a lot to the table on the field. I think the Lions have a good, you know, stable coaching uh that's good, stable coaching, a solid team with a lot of continuity from year to year. And it's a good environment for Jalen Carter to come into. Uh, I think they, they would, they would like to add that to their D line there with Carter. Carter would be awesome with, with pairing him up with Hutchinson on the D line. I mean, I think, like we said, I mean, Detroit's a team that's pretty close to being like a true, like contender, honestly. And I think yeah. you bring in the most talented player in the draft in Carter and, it's a, it's a dangerous team for sure. So I, I think if Detroit adds that opportunity, I mean, why not? Why not like take that gamble to really like elevate yourself into that like elite echelon? And then seven is Vegas. Honestly, if you're Vegas, you're kind of in a weird place. Like obviously you just got rid of Derek Carr, kind of replaced him with the quarterback that's not that much worse than Derek Carr. But quarterbacks are gone, so you're not going quarterback. You're rolling with Jimmy G. And you still got Adams. You don't have Waller anymore. You have Renfro. I mean, it's a weird team. Weird. Uh, not a whole lot going on on defense. I mean, I'm not like a – I don't know the Raiders that well, but they don't have any super notable players on the defense that are all pro, pro ball level players. So I think you go to that side of the ball. It really comes down to probably corner or D-line. Um, I think they probably go with – Gonzalez out of Oregon take the number one corner just because I think corner is another premium position and there really isn't any only two linemen so why not go with the best corner on the board so uh actually I think oh I forgot about Tyree Wilson I think they take Tyree Wilson if he's still there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I almost skipped over him I think he's the last like upper two lineman guy I think they take him if he's still there yeah I got excited there I thought I thought I'd get Tyree for the Falcons there for a second um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't turn in the draft card just yet. Still had it in hand. I know you were still on the clock there. You didn't send it in. Um, and yeah, I, I that's a yeah. Tyree's. I think he's a beast. There was a period of time where I, I really wanted the Bears. So maybe looking back to training to the Vegas spot or Seattle or something like that, so they could be in the Tyree range. This was a couple you know, months ago. But yeah, um, I was gonna say yeah. I feel like like when when the Bears had the one still, I feel like the the scenario that like. A lot of people wanted was like we trade the one, but we're still in a position to get Carter Anderson or Tyree Wilson. Yeah, he he's a beast. I think he'll be really good. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that would be huge for the Raiders. I also, I agree. They're, they're a weird team. I don't really know what they're doing, but, um, I'll tell you what, if they have Tyree Wilson, like that's definitely a boost to their defense. Uh, eight Falcons. They need, they need a lot of help. They need a lot of help in def- on defense, especially. So I think that's when they go with Gonzalez. You kind of hyped it up already. He, he is a, he's a beast top corner in the draft. You could argue him or Weatherspoon. Um, but I think Atlanta needs to go corner just because they need a lot of help on defense. They would have loved to get Tyree and would have loved to help out the pass rush, but they'll settle for probably the next best available defensive player in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you can't really go wrong with him. I mean, obviously you could go wrong, but I feel like that's the safest pick. (laughs) And then that leaves the bears on the clock. I think at this point, the way, the way the draft fell this time around, and I think this is the way the draft very well could go whether that's in this order or jumbled around a bit, I think it does come down to, like we said, it's Karonsky versus Paris Johnson. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a tough call. I don't know. I mean, we discussed it earlier. I think Paris Johnson's more of a true tackle. I think Skaronsky might be the better player. So I would think th- I think they're going to go Paris Johnson. I think if they have their choice, I think they go with the tackle just because I think you already have one kind of borderline guard tackle in Tevin Jenkins. And you sign Nate Davis, who's played guard his whole career. So I think you take you take Paris Johnson and you tell Tevin he can be a guard. You get him comfortable with the guy you already have. And then you have hopefully in one of your tackles settled long term. So I think Paris Johnson's the pick. Yeah. I mean I mean in this situation. If the Bears did that, like I, I, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, that's just a good, it's good help for the Bears. Good help for Justin and the offense. And you can't really. I mean, I don't know. I always uh, drafting offensive linemen, especially tackles in the first round, is is usually it works out. I hope. I mean, well, I hope it works out. I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I think the Eagles at ten would follow in the Bears and just take whoever the Bears don't end up taking out of those two. I think the Eagles would go ahead and take Peter Peter Skaronski out of Northwestern. You guys love taking O linemen. They love O linemen. Uh, you know, Kelsey is old. He's a center, but he's old. The like Lane Johnson's old. They have some old guys on the on the line, and uh, I think this would just help the Eagles continue to kind of be do- dominant. I think they just they just resigned, or they just extended Hertz. They want to add. They want to show that they're fully invested in Hertz. Why not go grab? A guy like Peter Skaronsky, he might end up as a guard. He might end up as a tackle, but he, he was one of the best in, in the Big Ten. I think he was all Big Ten as a true freshman. I think, um, yeah, I think he's just he, he'd be a real solid foundational piece for the Eagles as they kind of continue to dominate the NFC. I mean, there's not much competition in the NFC. We'll see. I think adding a guy like Skaronsky will just add add to their 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 overall offensive like weaponry or their offensive uh, personnel. I would love that pick for Philly, honestly, because I think obviously like the whole, like the way they've been so good the last handful of years is through that O-line, through that D-line. And they've had their, obviously they've had their fair share of skill players too. I mean, Hurts has been awesome. They brought in A.J. Brown, but that O-line's been the key. And you have Milada now as one of the tackles, but Lane Johnson probably only has a year or two left in him. And honestly, I think it helps that Skaronsky's a versatile player and can play guard or tackle. 
with just right. how many like players they rotate in and out of there. So I think I, I like that pick. I think he's probably the most talented player left on the board in that scenario. And I could mm-hmm. see, I mean, obviously the Eagles were great. So they could go a number of ways. I mean, they could they could go bring in another Georgia boy, bring in Nolan Smith, bring in another D lineman. Um they could even go Bijan. Like if there was a team that could take Bijan early, like and right. I wouldn't hate it, hate it, like Philly would be the only team where I'd be like, okay, like this is a Super Bowl team, like bring in an elite playmaker, you know? Right. Again, I wouldn't do it because I don't think they need to at all. I think they'll be totally fine without him. But if there's a team to do it, I wouldn't wouldn't hate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's, I think that was a solid mock draft. We'll probably get all the picks right. I think I think we nailed <laughs> it. Yes, sir. So you know, a couple other offseason notes around the league. I think we should just mention obviously Rogers, kind of bizarre scenario. I mean, I think it's been over a month since he declared he was a New York Jet. But the reality is he is not a New York Jet right now. So, like, uh, I don't know. Do you, I, I think, obviously, I still think it's going to happen. There's really no reason to think it's not. But, like, what are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, I, the Rodgers thing is crazy. And it's weird as a Bears fan. Um, you know, part of me is, is part of me is like, ah, I don't want to see him go just because I think this is the year, like, the Bears will have a better team than the Packers this is the year we could have some success and I, I kind of want to beat him on his way out but I don't think that's going to happen I think by the time week one rolls around he'll be a jet uh obviously it's it's easy for people to stir some storylines when when they're trying to figure out the compensation and they're going back and forth and Rogers is telling the Jets he won't show up till May and things like that um but I think he'll end up there I think the trade will get done. I, I don't know if it gets done before the draft. Now that I guess we're only a week away, it's kind of interesting. I think it's, to think it's going to be after the draft, I think, is the reality. Yeah. And if it happens after the draft, I mean, that shows better for the Bears. I, I still kind of think about the Bears in this situation between Rodgers going to the Jets and all that. Um, it should. It, I think it's going to happen. I don't really see any other team swooping in. I would think the next most likely scenario, but I don't even – really consider this is I, I could I could see Rogers just packing it up and, and retiring. But I, I don't I really don't think that's gonna happen. I really think he's gonna be in New York and it's gonna be in sometime in the next month or so. Um yeah, it'll happen. We'll see. Good for him, I guess. Good for New York maybe. Uh yeah, probably I mean, he's really good. Like maybe he's yeah, really good. I don't I know. <laughs> I think I think it'll work out too. I mean I don't see him playing for a different team besides the Jets. I think the Packers have moved on. They're on Jordan Love for good or for bad. And no other team's going to trade for him because he said he wants to be in the Jets. And people know Aaron Rodgers. People know the antics he's done in the last however, three, four off seasons now. So, like, you're not risking any sort of capital to bring him in if you're not the Jets where he says he's going to play. So the Packers have no reason not to trade him. Obviously, you want to get as much as you can, but they don't really have any leverage. So at some point, they're just going to give in and take whatever. And yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think it'll be a great package, but maybe they can scrape together like a, a second round thing. And I think part of it too, at least for the Jets, is waiting till after the draft and you don't have to like change your draft plans this year. So I think that's part of it too. Because yeah, I mean, they're on it. Well, I think they have a 12th pick, I think. Like um, that's still exciting. I'm very curious to see how Rogers deals and, and plays alongside like 
one of the youngest teams in the league, at least youngest like core, youngest like yeah. Well, he, brought, he, he brought in his guys, some of them. He brought in he brought in his guys. I forgot he's he's gonna Lazard and Cobb and the boys. Um, it, it's gonna be interesting. I I don't know. I I I I don't know. I don't want to see him succeed just because it's Rogers, and I would like him to you know get out of the league already. But and him in New York's just different. It should be interesting. Uh, and I guess good for the NFL, like. You know that he's staying, and that he gets to like. There are some storylines always that come out of this. You know the far, obviously following Favre. Um, and then who knows what happens? He'll he'll get to play some opponents he doesn't really get to play. The AFC is loaded when it comes to quarterbacks, so all a bunch of these young guys might get a chance to take a crack at one of the best to ever do it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. I think that's the simplest way to put it. It'll be interesting to watch. <laughs> It'll kind of be nice having Rodgers out of the division. And I know a lot of Jets fans. I know you do too. So for their sake, I hope they're okay. Look, they're, I mean, they're it's not like I, I don't hate Rodgers. I just hated him because he was on the Packers. So, like, right. it, I'd be okay with him being gay. I think he's a crazy guy. I think he, I think he, like, I don't know. He, he, um, he, he will, like, he, he will piss off some people in New York, but he'll be funny. And I, I like, I, I will enjoy watching it from a distance where, he doesn't really affect the Bears anymore. Hundred percent. I mean, I think it'll be, it'll be a situation to watch. I think that's the <laughs> reality. Yeah. Uh, other quarterback news: Hurts got his big deal the other day. Really, not much to say about it. I mean, obviously, he took him to the Super Bowl. He's been phenomenal. Pretty much every chance he's gotten in Philly. I think it was five years, like a little over two fifty million. But honestly, I think the biggest news isn't about him. I mean, obviously, good for Hertz. I mean, good for Jalen Hurts. He got his money. Happy for him. I think he deserves it. I think the bigger news is for Lamar Jackson, who's still looking for a contract, and how this new contract is going to affect him. So, I mean, what do you think about the whole Lamar Jackson thing? What do you yeah. think he should do? What do you think Baltimore should do? I know that's a, that's a tough situation. I I always I still stand by. I think Lamar deserves a contract with a lot of guaranteed money. Um, sim- I mean, maybe not quite the number Hertz got in terms of guarantees, but I think up there, I think he deserves something in that ballpark. Um, as far as like playing on the franchise tag versus holding out, it's tough. It, it really is tough because you, you want to be like there for your team. And even if you hate the front office, even if you want the front office, you know, like piss off, he, He's got a bunch of guys who are his friends in that locker room, who are his brothers in that locker room, and he gives them the best chance to win. And I think he's going to play, you know, regardless of whether they get a new deal done in the end. It's is like this is his life. This is everything. They brought in Odell, which um, should make him a bit happier about the situation. But the reality Odell, is, he has Odell got a bag. Odell got a bag. Odell, Odell got a bag from Baltimore. They he they stole him from New York. Um, I think. I think I think Lamar will play. I think I I really hope he gets a contract before the season starts. I think he will. That's just me maybe being optimistic. But with Hertz signing just now, uh, or, or a couple of days ago, I think things look good. I think I, I hope Lamar, people always talk about how Lamar represents himself and how that's like a roadblock and like he needs an agent to figure it all all that out or instead of his mom. Um, who knows? I think. I think uh, I think they'll come to terms though before the end of this offseason, maybe in training camp or something. But he's had a lot of success there with not a lot to work with on the offense. 
And and if I was in the Ravens front office, I know if I was a Ravens fan, I would I would be a little frustrated as to why we haven't resigned him yet. If I'm in the front office, I think we got to get that done. Yeah, I mean the whole situation has just been bizarre. I mean, I feel like it's you feel like it's been going on for like two years, and I think it it might be. Yeah. I mean, I'm close to that now, probably. And I don't know. The whole thing just feels weird i mean there's just like kind of like an uneasy feeling that like something's not right about it i mean like obviously like you could say lamar jackson hasn't had like he's hasn't been the same mvp player he was the last two years but he's still been pro bowl level quarterback and i think honestly you can you can make the argument that like by winning mvp his second year he basically screwed himself because he set the precedent that that was how good he was right and like not saying he's not an MVP level quarterback. I still think he could be at that level. But like because he won an MVP two years ago and it's not been as good. And not that he's been bad at all the last two years. He just had some injuries, whatever, and hasn't been like that that crazy good. But by winning the MVP, like he he like set that expectation that he was gonna do that every year. And now that he hasn't done that, people are like, oh, he's overrated. Like he doesn't he's not actually that good. And like I think that's just totally totally unfair because like you see a guy like Hertz and not to take anything away from Hertz but like Hertz has the best year of his career when he's eligible for an extension and then he immediately gets that extension you know yeah that's the way it goes yeah I mean it's I mean Hertz Hertz with the five-year deal most annual or most like what per per year money in the in league history yeah um, he deserved it I agree it's good great timing for Hertz Probably worst timing for Lamar to to win an MVP, um, and especially I don't know, Baltimore's interesting, and Harbaugh, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see. I feel like, I feel you're you're right. You're on something there. I, I never really looked at it that way, but like something's not right. Because if if everything was you know, if everyone was nice and clean and and they knew what they were doing or that they were confident in their plan in Baltimore, then I think this would have been done a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's just weird. But I will say, I do think he gets a contract. My thing is, I don't know if that's with Baltimore. I just think at this point in the game, with, like, the, the non-exclusive tag thing or whatever, where you got to go up to two first, I yeah. think teams don't want to, like, at least quarterback needy teams. Like, I mean, we talked about when we did our draft. Like, let's say the Raiders, the Falcons, even the Patriots. I mean, I know the Patriots have set their out on him, but... The commanders, like teams like that, that do need a quarterback, but are picking in that like upper half of the first round that don't want to give up a premium pick. Right. I could see them waiting till the draft happens, pick their guys that they've been scouting, whatever, talking to. And then if they, they don't get a quarterback, I think at least one, maybe a couple of them <clears throat> would take a gamble on Lamar. <laughs> yeah. If not Baltimore finally giving in. And I think Baltimore ultimately probably. I don't know. Baltimore, I mean, the whole Baltimore thing is just bizarre to me. But I think Weird. ultimately they will match a contract if Lamar takes something elsewhere because mm-hmm. I just don't know how you don't at the end of the day. Like you, no, can, you can play this cat and mouse game all you want, not give him his guaranteed money, but, like, how do you just let an MVP walk when you have no sort of replacement in-house? And yeah. it's, Although I think Baltimore is, like, not – I mean, they've been a good franchise. They've had a lot of success, especially recent history. But, like yeah. – Without Lamar Jackson, this team's nothing. Like it makes no sense. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I for Lamar, I mean, he's obviously 
not happy with the front office with with the organization, but hopefully that gets resolved. I I like Lamar in Baltimore too; it just fits fits well, and I like keep keeping him in the AFC instead of bringing yeah. him over to the AFC. Yeah, I mean the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. I mean, <laughs> we didn't even talk yeah. about too. I mean, like Burrow and Herbert are also going to get paid in, if, if this offseason or early next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Burrow, I don't know. Herbert, Lamar, I mean, all of them. Like, and we look back at Hurts and the Eagles locked him down, and that's that's the best quarterback in the NFC right now, and they have him for the next five years. Um, so yeah, we good for the Eagles. We'll see. One of these people, one of these rookies, maybe pans out. Maybe it's Fields. Maybe it's Maybe Dak has a resurgence, but in the NFC. I mean, the NFC is wide open. I mean, I think the second wow. best quarterback right now is – I'm trying to, like, think about everyone at the moment, but, like – Like, I, I've i been on the record saying I think Fields is the second best quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I think – will tell me Danny Dimes, but – I know, mean, there's a know. number of quarterbacks you could make. I, I, I mean, I think Fields is, like – I mean, I love Fields, but, like, he's still definitely a little raw. But, like, yeah. you can make the argument for him. That's how open it is. Like, yeah, I think that's, yeah. The fact had, that you can make the argument is like Fields, Dak. I mean, I'm not gonna put Daniel Jones. <laughs> not gonna put whoever was the Washington quarterback. I mean, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, Mayfield. Golf, golf is actually like a legit one. Golf solid. Golf's okay. But like, yeah. I mean, the Lions were very much in the market for a quarterback a year ago, even the beginning of this year. Now it seems like it's golf's drop to lose. Lamar, Lamar and Detroit would be awesome. That would be really cool. That would be really, that would suck for the Bears, but that would like, be really Imagine, cool. we're just talking dream scenario if you're a Detroit Lions fan. You draft Jalen Carter, and then right after the week after the draft, you bring in Lamar Jackson. Like yeah. you're thinking, you're thinking Super Bowl at that point. 100%. 100%. Amon Ra and the boys, and then. Carter and Hutchinson, yeah, I mean they got some dogs, and they're all young, and yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, I think that there's really no way to evaluate it. I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, other two big storylines, uh, Cardinals. We kind of talked about this for a second, but Hopkins, evidently still in the trade block. I feel like you kind of heard about it like right after the season, and then nothing happened, and nothing's happened since. But it sounds like he's still on his way out and going to get traded. And Buda Baker also evidently requested a trade. So I want to see where do you want to see those guys end up, if not in Arizona? Yeah, you know, it's weird because if you – I don't know. At least I always thought, like, Arizona was putting together something that was pretty solid. Obviously, J.J. retired, and now Buda wants a trade, and and so does D-Hop. And yeah, I mean, so we'll see. I don't know. D-Hop. First of all, he's an older guy. It's it's unclear how much he has left in the tank. I mean, I mean, look at A Rob, Allen Robinson just got traded yesterday yesterday to the Steelers for like nothing. Yeah, um, seventh round pick. Seventh round pick for Allen Robinson. I mean, two, three years ago, he was he was a stud with Mitch. So I mean, I mean who knows? Don't discredit, don't discredit Mitch. Mitch was awesome. Right. I mean, I forgot. I forgot there's a lot. <laughs> a lot of that was riding on Mitch, obviously. We all know that. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting where they end up. I I feel like these things, these two stories in particular, have been in the news cycle for a while, and I feel like Arizona tried to cool the temperature with both of them. I think um, we'll see. I think I think they might end up back in in Arizona. I don't know if they really get moved anywhere. 
it, maybe if someone goes down in training camp and there's a hole that a team needs to fill, then then they do something a deal like that later on. But for now, I think they might they might stay. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, I think I feel pretty good that Hopkins is going to be moved just because I feel like, I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point. And obviously, he's still a, a really, really good player. Yeah. But I think it makes sense for Arizona to get rid of him. I mean, just like, like yeah. you said, I thought Arizona was building something decent, but clearly I was, we were mistaken. <laughs> While the other problem was Kyler Murray or it was Kingsbury, I guess we'll find out. We'll see. But the defense was never great. And Murray or Kingsbury, they couldn't put it together between the two of them to have a, a good enough offense to carry that team. So right. I think Hopkins will get moved just because get value while you can. And I don't right. think it'll be like an incredible return. I think it'll be like a third round pick, maybe second best case scenario. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, there's obviously pretty much any contender could use him. I think Kansas city would be interesting. Obviously they don't really have a true number one receiver. It would make sense to bring him in on a discount for another year or two of his prime. Yeah. Uh, I've seen New England, seen Baltimore. Evidently, Lamar wanted him and Odell, but I don't think they have the money to bring in both of those guys. No, so I think Hopkins is on his way out. Baker, yeah. I don't know if they trade him. I mean, he's still young, and he's kind of their only cornerstone on that defense at the moment. So I expect him to stay there because I don't expect – I think the Arizona and Hopkins – Harding is sort of going to be mutual. I don't think the Cardinals are going to want to trade Buda Baker, and I don't think they're going to end up trading him because of that. But if they do trade him, I'd love to see him on the Bears. I think it'd be the great addition to the secondary. Yeah, I mean, that would that would be awesome to have him back there. Um, the secondary is really good with the Bears right now. I, I really Yeah, like I mean, it. our secondary is good, but uh, could always use more, you know? Yeah, I, I, there's no, no doubt I could always use more. I also think Eddie Jackson is on his way out i'm not entirely sure how many years left he has on that contract um but he, he his time has come i think he's really he's just a, he's a part of the old regime he's a, he's a he's a part of the uh, that old defense and they these new bears may not have space for eddie jackson in, in a year or two yeah i mean he's definitely getting up there i mean he's been there for so long that like <laughs> it'll be weird when he's not a part of that like core in that defense but at the end of the day every time Time comes for everyone, and I think right. bringing in a younger replacement wouldn't be a horrible thing. And I think both of them have played a little bit in the box in their careers, too. So, I mean, they could coexist as well, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. I love Eddie. He's done a lot for us. But, you know, time comes. To an and end he's, got, he's probably the longest tenured bear right now. He's got to be, right? Yeah, it's either him or I was thinking about this the other day. Either him or, like, I don't know, is DeAndre Houston Carson still on the team? I couldn't tell you. I feel like Patrick Scales. Yeah. Patrick Scales been on the team for a while. Yeah, um, but like, I feel like Eddie yeah. Jackson's the only like household name that's been there forever now. You know, definitely the only household name. Roquan and him were the last, the final two. Montgomery, but Montgomery honestly hadn't been there for that long. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, only there the four years of his rookie deal. Right, right. Eddie, Eddie's Eddie's the only one from the previous regime that got an extension that's playing it out. I would say. Pretty much, yeah. And that I can think of for sure. Yeah. But that's really all the news I wanted to cover here. Uh, You got any final notes, whether it's Bears, other NFL news, anything else before we sign off here? Yeah, I mean, it was a great time. I, I had a great time. This was a lot of fun. I think 
there's one there's one anecdote from from the Bears offseason that I, I that has really gotten me excited not only for the offseason but for the real season and so in January February um it was no surprise Ian Cunningham is a guy in the Bears front office assistant general manager he doesn't get a lot of love um but he and like in the media doesn't get a lot of love but he obviously came over to Chicago from Philadelphia uh, and he's a respected guy around the league. And when the Bears season concluded, he started interviewing at a bunch of different places for general manager positions. Um, and he actually got the job somewhere. I don't remember where. Um, I don't remember where exactly. Maybe maybe Indianapolis, if they had an opening. Um, and he he actually rejected that job offer, the general manager offer. And, and you could kind of... He didn't, you know, he didn't talk about it in a press conference. He didn't send out a tweet or anything about why he rejected. But to me, that kind of signaled that he he was really happy in Chicago. Obviously, this offseason, heading into it, was like a dream for any NFL general manager. Um, but I think he's really excited about where we're going as a franchise. I think, I think Ian Cunningham choosing to stay as an assistant instead of choosing uh, instead of choosing a promotion. You know, just speaks volumes to kind of the culture the front office is building, the leadership of Ryan Poles, you know, the leadership of Matt Eberflus, the players are bringing in. I think he's really excited to be here, even when he had the choice to leave for a promotion. So I'm excited to be here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Bears are are obviously arrows trending up. They've had a really good offseason. We said going into this offseason that this was probably the most important offseason in the history of the franchise. Um, the history in their 103 year history or whatever it is now. Uh, I, yeah, they've killed it, they've killed it. Very exciting. I can't wait for the schedule, can't wait for the draft, can't wait for the schedule to drop. I'm hoping we're getting, I hope we get Jordan Love week one at Soldier Field, and I hope we welcome him to the NFC North for real with uh Tremaine and Edwards and all the boys, maybe Jalen Carter, who knows. Um, yeah, very exciting time to be a Bears fan. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think there's a ton to be excited about. I think that story about Cunningham is also great. I think I looked it up. It was the Cardinals job. But I think, oh, like okay. you said, like it just speaks volumes of the confidence that the guys have that we're going to be in a position to succeed soon. So I'm excited. Draft should be fun. Um, rest of the offseason should be interesting. And it should be a fun season next year. And I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's a great conversation. Hopefully. Maybe we can reconvene after the draft, but yeah, it was a great time. Thank you to everyone out there for listening. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.